What's going on, world? This is the Road to Victory podcast. I am your humble host, Aunt Diggity. And today we have a special guest in the building. One of the most amazing humans I know, <laughs> also known as the cool teacher. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we have... We have Dr. Alexandra Milsom in the building. Oh, that's that's nice. How are you? Good. How are you, Anthony? Fantastic and only improving. What's going on? It's been a long time. Catch us up to how's everything. All right. So I am um, now very old, but you're Uh, also old. Don't say that. No, but you're, and I want to mention than I was when I taught you by almost 10 years. Jeez. Yep. So, <laughs> and Matt, I had you. you me feel old. Well, you are. I mean, let's face it. But we've, we've made it to 2021. So. That's a bonus, I guess. Yeah, we can't say that about everyone. So we should, even if we feel old, we can feel grateful for that. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I guess catching you up, I, I had a baby 13 months ago, Ruby. And right. she was born seconds before midnight of 2019. So right before 2020 started. Um, and then you know, a few months later, we were locked down due to the pandemic, which made my first year of parenting very isolated. But there were some positives, like got to spend a lot of time together. And, um, you know, but it's still sad. I, I, one thing I look forward to is is finding out what it's like to be a panda- uh, parent after the pandemic. I'm sure it's easier. And then um, since since I last saw you, which was probably your graduation from high school, uh, I I I was at Truman for three years back then when I did my master's in, at I was at Fordham, so I got that while that year I had to actually I got that degree, and then I went to UCLA and got a PhD in English literature, and basically. That means like I could get a, a college job teaching college English. And after I graduated there, I, I moved back to New York. Um, I got a job. I worked again at Truman for another year. And then I got hired at one of the CUNY colleges. Um, the one I'm at is called Ostos Community College. It's in the South Bronx at 149th and Grand Concourse, right by Lincoln Hospital. And so that's where I've been now for four years teaching. I teach mostly freshmen and I've had, I've actually had a fair number of Truman students, um, including some that I had taught at Truman. So that it's been, it's been nice continuity between the two jobs. And... But I'll tell you the way the universe works is amazing. But I know. First off, congratulations. Congratulations on Thank all you. your success. All your hard work has paid off. You know, uh, your entry to motherhood. I think that's pretty dope. I think that's pretty cool um, on your side. But now we go back and shout out to class of 2006. I want to show, tell my age. 
<laughs> I don't know, but um, it was something for me as a student that that really stuck out, and I think it was especially with you because I think it you went beyond the the teaching. You actually cared for students, and not only that, it was you made learning learning pretty cool and fun and intense you know rather than you know just show up to another class and read something out of a textbook and and so so what was that what was that like for you what are some tactics that you can maybe share with other teachers that so maybe the students could enjoy learning like i did well I mean, I was I was really lucky in a lot of ways. I, I remember your class pretty well because you guys were all very funny. Like I had had a my, the year before had been really a lot harder on me. Like it was my I had been my first year teaching and I was given mostly tenth graders and it was these double periods and and tenth graders are very different than twelfth graders. Like tenth graders are just you know they just are goofing off a lot more and like showing off for each other. And I, you know, I didn't know, I don't know what I was doing. So it was just, it was just really hard. And then th that next year I had like a couple double periods of seniors and you guys were so much more relaxed. I mean, it was not as loud and like you guys were actually entertaining. So I was, you know, it wasn't like a struggle to teach you guys. It was actually just, it was like pretty fun. And, um, you know, I, yeah, the, the textbooks issue, I, I could just, I just hate reading in textbooks. They're just too heavy. And like, you know, if there's one thing I, I really want, it's I want students to like, at some point, think of themselves as readers and like, people that can enjoy reading. Because so much of our, um, you know, so many of the things that we make young people read are just so boring and like I don't blame anyone for hating it because it's just like I look back at the things I read when I was growing up and I was like why did they make me read that there's so many good things to read but you know you're under a lot of pressure in in school because you've got to get students especially in New York City you got to get students to pass the regents and I, I think your class was like you guys still hadn't passed the regents, I think. And so you have very, it's like, I have to teach you how to take a test, which is such garbage. You know, it, that's not what teaching is. That's not what learning is. It's like, it's, it just, it's really painful to like make that the goal of an education, but you know, what can you do? I can't, you're, you know, I'm, I was in no position to try to change that, but so we try to make it fun. At least you don't hate it, you know? And and part of the struggle is also like getting students to keep showing up because, you know, as you, as you remember, there's a, like attendance issues. So I figured, well, if it's a little bit fun, maybe the students will come, you know what I mean? Um, You said that there's a, a, a right way to teach and learn and then you there's a, the school way to teach and learn. Um, what what are some ideas mm -hmm. that you have that make it more 
better rather than the school preparing the student to take a test? Well, to be honest. <laughs> so uh, moving forward, tell, tell us what was the best advice you had as a teacher? The best advice you gotten as a teacher? You mean about teaching, about teaching or from like other teachers? Yeah, about teaching. Um, well, one of the things I had to kind of learn the hard way, I sort of learned while I was at Truman, probably around the time I had you, was like, you know, you'll you'll see the way, and 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 people say this a lot when you're training to be a teacher, but you you have to be yourself. I know this is something you like. I've heard you say this in your in your podcast. Um, you have to you have to be authentic. Like you have to be who you are, because otherwise the students will see through will see through your act, you know, and and they won't trust you. But if you're just yourself, that genuineness comes across. Like when I first started, I was like really scared to be the authority figure, and I I saw a lot of examples around me that seemed to work of people who were really authoritarian, like really super strict and like, you know, punishing students and like, not gonna lie, I had a hard time. I had like classes of 36 students who were like, just, you know, not eager to be in class. And I had a lot of trouble like figuring out classroom management and had conflict and saw conflict. And, you know, I saw kids getting beat up. I didn't know what to do. I felt like I had to protect students. So I started getting really strict, but like, that's also not really my, like, it's not really my personality to be harsh. And so when I would try to be like a strict teacher, sort of imitating the other strict teachers I saw, it just didn't come across as genuine and like no one ever bought it. So it didn't work. <laughs> but then I realized, <laughs> you know what I'm talking, you know, like some of those teachers, I'm not going to name names, but they were like, just really, really strict and would like, you know, call the dean if there was anyone talking or chewing gum. Right, and like, fail you. I, yeah, or fail you or like, you know, I even did it. I was told by people like, no, you got to call parents, like call them while you're in class. So I did that a few times. Like I called kids, called kids parents, like right in the middle of class. And then one time I did that, the next day the kid came in with like a black eye. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, I don't need a lot. You know, <laughs> no, I mean, it, I mean, he was okay. He, you know, but I had like called his dad and like he didn't tell me that was from his, but I felt, I was like, holy. Or like one time there was this kid who was cutting all the time. And like, you know, I saw him on the, on the, on the five train and I was like you know where have you been and he's like oh my dad died and I was like this kid's lying you know but I and so I like called his mom and I was like I left him anyway it was just a mess because it turned out his dad had died he had just died a few years mm -hmm. earlier and like his mom his mom made the kid apologize to me for like lying about his dad's death and she was like crying at parent teacher conferences and he was like staring at his feet and I was like Oh God, I'm never doing this again. Like, you know, I just, I had to learn the hard way that like being, being a hard ass and like trying to call kids out on things like these are 14, 15 year olds. Like, who am I trying to show them up? I was, you know, I was an adult. 
So I just stopped that like bullying thing. I learned real fast. I couldn't handle it like emotionally. And like, it wasn't my personality. And so I sort of developed this thing. I was like, okay, I'm going to have like really like, I'm going to have a, a lot of intense reading. I'm going to try to get students to write a lot, but I'm just going to be myself. So like whatever discipline comes through, it's going to be like through my commitment to their work. And like, you know, occasionally even like, even like my last year at Truman, kids will be like, you need to be like harsher with students. But like, I would always say, it's like, it's not worth it. What is it to me if like, you know, a kid's having a bad day? Like, what is me being a jerk? It, you know, sometimes students like the authoritarian. They like, it makes them feel, you know, someone's in charge. Yeah. But I also, I think a lot of students are just so used to being bullied by adults that like when someone, when an adult is not a bully, that really, that really bothers them a bit. Cause they're like, what's going on here? Do you know what I mean? They're not used to being treated like kindly. They're not used to being treated like humans who have bad days. So, you know, sometimes it meant like I got taken advantage of, but I, I really don't care. Like at the end of the day, I still go home in my like comfortable, you know, bed and can sleep at night. It's like, it's no sweat off my back if a student like makes up an excuse and I pretend to accept it, you know? It's no sweat. Better than having like, the mom come in and like cry during parent teacher conferences. Cause like her husband died and the kids using that as an excuse that I'm never doing that again. So it's like basically, basically like, you know, the advice, like be yourself with students. It'll work. I got that a lot. Do you remember Miss Weintraub? Yeah. yeah. I, I got that a lot from like watching her with students too. Cause she was very like relaxed and sort of laid back, you know, she'd get upset sometimes, but like, she was just herself, and this and students really love love that. She's still there, by the way. Her name's Miss White now. Miss White now. I was gonna ask. <laughs> yeah, she's doing great. She has a daughter who's like three or four, and she's in the same classroom, which is great. So, yeah, but I I learned that from her and watching other teachers who were not like super authoritarian, like. You know, I, I, I also, I also, you know, I always tell students this, like learn things, you can learn things the easy way or you can learn things the hard way. I learned things the hard way so you don't have to. So like now, cause I've been teaching for a long time, I can see, I can see problems from like way ahead, you know? Like I can see when a student is starting to mess up and like why they're doing that. And I tell them, I'm like, I'm gonna tell you this now, this isn't working. It looks to me like you're going to try to learn it the hard way. Do you know no. what I mean? But you could learn it. <laughs> you could learn it the easy way and just like do take my advice. But I understand if you have to learn it the hard way. And that, that's something my mom used to always say to me. <laughs> but I, I want to go back to uh, you said students would would say, "Hey, Miss Milson, you got to be a little tougher on us." <laughs> I could I could not fathom or imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's it's it it would be no it would be like students who were upset because like someone was disruptive and they'd be like you need to control your class i'm like yeah you're telling me <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you expect you know it's like there's it's only so much i can do i'm not very intimidating like i'm five foot two you know I, it's like 
you know, what do you want, what do you want me to say? Yeah, I need to control it better. There's like, <laughs> I've run out of ideas. Do you have any? <laughs> but that that's why teaching older, older kids like seniors is so much easier because, you know, More there's not a lot. Yeah, I mean, mature is a strong word for it, but it's more mature. <laughs> but then that's why, like, teaching college, are you kidding me? It is so easy, especially at Ostos, because, like, you know, it's some of the students are, like, straight out of places like Truman and, like, a lot of high schools, you know, it's, like, a bunch of 18, 19-year-olds. But then imagine, like, a class... But, like, imagine some of those kids' moms are also in the class. I have, like, moms in the class in their 30s and 40s. And they are not messing around, you know. They're paying good money to, to get their college degree. So, like, there's no nonsense in the class. Are you kidding me? Oh, my oh my gosh. It's, it's almost like I kind of miss high school in a way because high school kids are much less inhibited. Like, I've seen the same kids who were, like, somewhat like you know sitting in the hallway or goofing off in class in high school like there was I had one student at Truman and then like um and she was like kind of she was funny she was like in the hallways a lot with her friends you know she wasn't taking things seriously and she she was but she was like you know nice nice kid but like not a super serious student and then I looked I was teaching a class a couple years ago at Ostos and I look in the classroom next to mine and there she is like with her notebook, first day of college, looking scared and alone. And I like called her into the hallway. She could not believe it. Of course, she like Snapchatted it immediately. <laughs> also, because <laughs> that's what kids do now. But like, I could not believe how, how different she was. And it was just the act of like setting foot in college. Students feel like suddenly it's just so quiet you know it's just a quiet and I miss I miss some of the I miss some of the interactions I used to have with students when they're younger they're you're just like I I feel like students are very deferential to professors but it also you know you lose some of the students like they're they're too scared to show you their personality at first so you know, I understand, but I, I, by the end of the semester, sometimes that goes away. And sometimes I have students for a few semesters at Ostos, which is nice. And then you really get to know people. Right. I feel like, because we're not that far in age, so I feel like we kind of grew up together. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like all the, all the music you grew up with, I grew up with, like all the movies, all the like references, you know, it's and now kids these you know kids these days it's like snapchat TikTok, oh. you know social so so much social media like we didn't have we didn't have that when you were no. in high school yeah uh, i want to talk about that like how has that change affected your teaching like is like you posted homework on twitter or something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i mean one big annoying thing that was different from the first time I was at Truman till more recently and also in college is like everyone's always on their phones. I, f I feel like we're all, our, our brains have been just rewired. I'm the same way. Like my mom yells at me all the time. I'm always on my phone. It's like our brains have been hijacked by all this technology, you know, like we're 
addicted. So in the classroom, students are just constantly on their phones, constantly. So like, sometimes I try to use that to my advantage. Like I make students look things up or like, you know, read off their phones, but teaching in the pandemic has added a whole new layer because now all the classes have been, this is my second, this is the third semester my college has been online. Yeah. Basically. Wow. And you could just shut your camera off or. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exa exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do a lot of like Zoom one on one meetings with students, but it's hard for students because like, you know, I can't I, I, I'll tell you like half of my one on one meetings, like the student is sitting in the bathroom and like on the toilet, not going to the bathroom, but like that's their only quiet space in the ha in their apartment or house or whatever. You know, and you've got kids in the background. I have a kid in the background. It's just, it's been, everyone is really eager to go back to in person. But the community where I teach, that neighborhood has been one of the hardest hit by the pandemic. Like people, a lot of people have wow. died. So, yeah, I mean, in, the, in that neighborhood, it's like one, one in 200 in the South Bronx. Yeah, one in 200 has died. So it's not yeah, That's good. terrible. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, so it'll be a while before we have in person, but yeah, it's all computer now. It's it's not good. Mm. So all in all, how how many years you've been teaching? Well, let's see. I had four at Truman, four almost four at Ostos, and then when I was at UCLA, say like six of those years, five of those years I was teaching. So five plus four, that's nine plus four is 13. So this is my 13th wow. year of teaching. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I've gotten better since you had, since you had me. So, <laughs> I have more skills. <laughs> so, oh, that's, that's nice because I wanted to ask you, is there anything that you didn't know when you first started teaching? that you know now that you would change or would you just keep everything, you know, let everything run its course? Well, I think I had like, there's a lot I would change. I, th I think I had like good instincts going in, like a learning, you know, the lessons I learned in those first two years, like I said, I learned the hard way, you know, what one thing I here's one thing I learned the hard way. I had this student my first year. She was a tenth grader. I'm still in touch with her now. We're you know I I write to her all the time on Facebook. She's she's incredible. I'm sure you probably know her, but I don't want to say her name. But like in tenth grade, she was out of control. Like I had no idea how to reach this student. She was always late, often getting in fights. Like she was friends with the quote unquote wrong crowd. Like there was one girl in that class who would come late to class and she'd like every, she was very, everyone was like focused on her cause she was always in fights and she'd like, <laughs> she'd open her jacket and she'd like pull out a weave of a girl she had oh. just ripped. <laughs> and like, that would just become class. Like everyone's asking who it was, like what had happened. And I, I'm like, hello, I'm Miss Milsom. Like, let's get back to the poem. And it's like, no, there's no competing with like, I was like, what are you doing? Are you like scalping people in the hallway? Like what is going on? <laughs> but like that, that was kind of the vibe of that class. Like I, it was just, I mean, 
oh, that was just, it was just so hard to compete with that, you know? And that was stuff that was like outside of my control, but like, I, it was really, that was a really hard class. And that was literally the first class I ever taught. And, and this one girl who was like friends with all those girls, she was like, she was really, really just, she was constantly fighting me. She was like really loud. Everyone likes her. So everyone would pay attention to her. And like, but I, I kind of like saw the, she was kind of a, a diamond in the rough. You know, she, she was smart. She was really funny, but like, I couldn't get through to her. And then my boss would always be like, do you want me to transfer her out? She's causing you a lot of problems. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, let's transfer her to another class. But then at the last minute, I'd be like, no, 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 leave her, leave her. Because I wanted to like, I wanted to work with her, but I couldn't figure out how. And then well, the biggest nightmare for me was like one day I was walking on another floor, like the science, science floor or something. And I look in a classroom and there she is. See, she always sat in the last row of my class and just like shouted all the time. It was like singing and stuff. And then I look in the science classroom and she's sitting literally in the front row of her science class, raising her hand, taking notes. And I just stood there watching and I was like, that is the same student. Like she loves class. She's a good student. What am I doing wrong? And I realized like that was all me, like whatever it was, like if I was different, if I knew how to do it better, like she would be learning. And like somehow that was on me, that was my responsibility. And, and, and that's what I sort of learned the hard way was like, you know, your class and the environment you create is 100% your responsibility. And like, yeah, there are things outside of your control. Like there are conditions that are like really not conducive to a good classroom, like having 34 to th like we had, we 34 is the limit legally, but like that, I remember they would overbook our classes back then because so there was so much truancy that you could always guarantee that like enough would be absent that there would only be 34. And you remember how like third period was when they yeah. took attendance. So that was my packed period. And like, you know, so that makes it really hard, especially when you have no teaching skills and you're like, you know, 22, 23 years old and like trying your best. But I learned by looking at that student in another classroom, like, oh, there are things I can do to create an environment that she can learn in. And like, and, and if, and if that's the case, then like I can do that for most students. So that's why I like made my classroom really relaxed. Like I, I remember I had like stained glass windows, like I covered them in paper. I don't yeah, know if I remember this. And I like, I, I would put the overhead projector light on cause it was like kind of calm. I was like, and I'd play, I'd play music. It was like calming. Cause I was like, I'll make it like really chill. In here. And then <laughs> people will relax. <laughs> and like, it kind of, I mean, who knows? I was trying, but that, that was, that's what I, that was like the, the lesson mm. I sort of, I wish I had known to begin uh. with. But also the like, you know, hearing you, sorry to interrupt, like hearing you say like, you know, all these students really liked me. I mean, it's amazing because I thought of myself as such a bad teacher back then. I had such a hard time. I felt like I was really bad at my job. And like if you felt you were bad at your job, you was good to us, you know. <laughs> well, that's that's it's like so nice to hear because it doesn't like the way I felt about myself back then was not good because I was just new at it and it's hard to do something well the first time and like you know, I probably could have been better, but 
I have to go easy on myself because like you say, like what wasn't, you know, it's funny. I sometimes hear from students back from back then that like that one girl and I'm, and they're like, I loved you. You're my favorite teacher. I'm like, I, are you kidding? We like fought every day. Like I screamed at you. Like, what are you, what are you remembering that I'm not remembering? But <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, like your genuine being your genuine self that comes through because that's what people actually see. They don't see the like facade you're trying to project. It, it, it's, it's funny you say that because, you know, for a while I, I've, I've dated a teacher, right? Yeah, a high school teacher, yeah. Oh, you mean like as not when you oh, were no, in high school? Oh, no, of course not. Okay. I was like, oh, my God, call the New York Post. <laughs> no, I just can't. So you, so you dated someone who was a high school teacher? Yeah, wow. and um, a lot of times when things didn't go her way or she had bad days, she would call me and she would say things like her students, you know, she can't just – get a grip on them <clears throat> and I, sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, okay. I would have, I would advise her, you know, to, to leave the job at the job. And when you're at home, when you walk, you know, just reclaim that, reclaim that sense, I, reclaim that life w w outside of work. And I, I wanted to ask yeah. you, how, how did you manage that with like work and school? Cause I know, at home, you still have to make your lessons, prep, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So how, how hard was it for you to balance the two, white work life? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I did a very good job when I was young. I mean, you know, yeah, I don't think I – I was still young. I didn't really know myself very well, so – I can't say that I, that, I mean, that's great advice that you gave her. Like, I wish I had sort of known that back then. Now I'm better at it. I mean, it's hard with a baby and everything, but like, you know, I guess, I guess one thing I learned in graduate school when I was really, it was also hard just doing the work of grad school. Like I exercised and that, that really made me feel better. Um, and now I've been, the only thing I can really do, because I have this baby, like, we go on really long walks, you know, to the, I go, I walk over to Central Park and, like, just walk for a couple hours sometimes. Um, I haven't lately because it's too snowy. But just simple things like that, like, just physical activity really helps. And then, um, you know, I teach. The good thing about being a teacher is that you do get a lot of, you can't, I mean, depending on where you teach, like, you know, I get the summers off and, and, and teachers really need that time. Cause like you say, this is the kind of work that comes home with you, not just like lesson planning and grading, but also just the, the emotional character, the, the emotional qualities of like working with adolescents. It's, it's a very emotional time for kids. A lot of them are often going through stuff with family and like, you can't help but sort of bring that home with you. So it's it's really important to find ways to sort of recalibrate and, you know, keep, let teachers keep those summer vacations. I mean, I'm telling you, that can, it, it sounds like a lot of time off, but like teachers work so hard. I agree. You know, it, 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 it's like, and teaching high school is way harder 
than teaching college. I still get all that time off, but like, you know, I, I spent so much time with you because we had 90 minute classes five days a week. I spent an hour and a half with you every weekday for two semesters. Like that's more time than a lot of kids spend with their parents mm. at that point. And where, whereas like college, it's twice a week and like, you know, 40 minutes, you know, or an hour not it's not as much so rather than teaching a class every day you know five periods you're teaching three classes four classes twice a week it's much easier mm -hmm. wow this has been amazing dr milson hey. <laughs> i think this was very informative and you know the audience to get a lot out of it so now winding down this podcast all right i wanted right. to ask you your 13 years of teaching, you know, how, how do you, how do you, in the future, how do you want to be celebrated? Oh my if gosh. you want to be celebrated. So, don't be wrong. Like at my funeral, what are people going to say? <laughs> no. Well, one thing. What, one thing that I, I always say is like, no matter how, how hard teaching is, like it is one of the most rewarding professions because it can be very painful in the moment. But like, you know, having having like long, long periods of time where you can check on check on people you knew as kids, it's like, you know, what is more valuable in life than like being able to talk to someone like you and see what you've achieved and know that you've had a small role in that. That's there's nothing, I, I can't imagine a job or career more meaningful than that. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't need to be celebrated. I mean, I, that's not super important, I, but like knowing that maybe a piece of the love I shared with students, cause it really is love. I mean, that, that's what it is. Like knowing that a piece of that still resides in a lot of kids here and there is, is just, incredibly meaningful to me and like that makes life worth living absolutely you know, you know um my birthday was on january 23rd oh <laughs> and, nice and uh one of my friends that we're, we're still cool to this day i don't know if you remember ibrahim ibrahim i was gonna i was gonna ibrahim ask how's ibrahim great it's great <laughs> Uh, he had came over. We're still brothers till this day, but he had came over and he brought a bunch of kids that was in our our English class with you over here to surprise. Oh, like um, like who? Not Jermaine. Jermaine. I, I, you remember Brian Harvey? Yep, I ran into him. I saw him like a couple years ago. Brian Harvey. I don't know if you had. Joel Mitchell, yeah. but um, no, that sounds familiar. Yeah, he had uh, Miss Wine Spot, uh, Miss Wine Chart. Yeah. Um, who else? That yeah, day was such a blur. But you know, if they if they didn't <laughs> if they didn't make it, they gave me a call, and it was like, "Yo, happy birthday, man! Yeah, you came this far. Congratulations, you made it." And I, I thought that was, I thought that was amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. 
Yeah, I remember. I remember your class. Brian was in there. I, 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 you know, I see him on Facebook too. He's he's doing great. And I remember his his son, uh, like right. Brian Jr. I forget that his kid got to be like 13, 14, something like that. I, I know some of the kids, some of the like children of my students are now about to go to high school, and I'm just like <laughs> freaking out. <laughs> I think I think Weintraub's probably gonna have some children of like students of ours. She's gonna probably imagine that conversation. <laughs> I taught your father. I taught your mother. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I mean, it's that's amazing. I'm so glad you're still friends. Those are some. Those were really a lot of nice kids. I just remember those kids so. Far. You guys were really funny too. Like, I I have so many funny memories. I remember at one point you were all wearing like this Bath and Body Works women's <laughs> perfume, like cotton something. There was like everyone everyone was wearing and I asked I asked I think it was Jermaine. I was like, "Why are you all wear you, you were all like squirting it on before class?" And I was like, "Why are you doing that? This makes no sense." And and he was like he was like girls smell good like dudes stink and I was like I guess like that that that's logical. Yeah, we, we we must uh had you right right out the gym so that's definitely <laughs> true. Well, I got one more question and then I'll, I'm gonna let you go. I don't want to uh, take right. too much time of your time. All right. So. No, no. Okay. Hypothetically, today is your last day on Earth, right? Oh God. <laughs> it could be. All you have and all your accolades and achievements are erased. All you have is a pen and okay. a piece of paper to write three statements that are living in the world forever. What would they be? Yeah, that's that's heavy. Okay. Um I would write, I love you, Ruby and Joe. That's Ruby and her dad. Um, period. <laughs> Take care of my dog, period. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, no, I worry. He's like 13. Um, no, okay. I love you, Joe and Ruby. I love you, my family, period. Uh, Take care of each other, period. And that goes to everyone. Like everyone needs to take care of each other. Everyone mm -hmm. else. That's what it boils down. You you got it. I've learned that from a couple friends of mine. Like in, in hard times like these, you have to make sure everyone in your circle is like it's got their resources, got food, got got their health. Just check in on people. Right. Make a difference. Make you a know, difference. Those three those those three things just reminded me of who who you always been. Because if you sum up the three statements you made, it's it's always love. It, no matter how you 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 put it, you know, it's always been love. Yeah. And I again, I thank you. I thank you for you know not just me but the impact you have on so many other students <laughs> oh, nice. well that makes it worthwhile thank you anthony and i hope we don't lose touch i'd like to see you at some uh, point of course of course 
<laughs> and, you know, I Ibrahim too, and whoever else you can round up. It'd be just so nice. Oh, to wait till the world open up. And and I'm legal now. We can have a, some wine or something. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> Turn up. All right. It's been a fun, pleasing <laughs> pleasure. I wish you love, peace, wealth, and truth always. This is the Road to Victory podcast. All right, have a good one. You too. So 